Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of Into Reserve Podcast with your host, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. And man, let's jump right into it. Uh, I just moved, actually. That's the quick update on my uh, life status. Um, I'm actually going to a trade school for welding, and I moved down here at Fenton, Michigan. Uh, for those who that uh, know my show, I was up at Central Michigan University in Mount Pleasant, and I'm moving down here for a trade school. Uh, my major is business marketing, and I'm doing that online. So I moved down here with a buddy of mine who has a house, and uh, you know, just I have known him basically all my life. So uh, that's why I just been kind of you know I'm a day late or so on my podcast. I try to do once a week. So basically, what's been going on, man, is that uh, what do we have to cover, man? Deadpool two, great. Uh, I'll get into that later. Loved it. Uh, I watched it twice, uh, actually. That's the only second time I ever went and saw a movie twice that was still in theaters. That's very rare for me. Um, Let's see. The Golden State Warriors and Houston Rockets, uh, they're both knotted up to a piece. And my prediction, like I said before, uh, LeBron James is going to get tired. He played all 82 games this season. People gave him all the praise in the world. And I told him that's the biggest mistake he could have done because this man had 15th year season, 15th season, I should say, excuse me. Um, I told you, told you all he was going to get tired. Game five, it showed. Boston wins in the garden at home. They're unstoppable in, in Boston Garden. Man, that lucky charms or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Boston has always been kind of that thorn and LeBron James aside. And it's odd, considering the fact that Boston Celtics don't have a superstar. Um, ooh, excuse me. They don't have a superstar. Uh, Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier. Like, realistically, Boston played a shitty game last night, uh, to, be re- to be honest with you. Uh, Bo- or LeBron James, you know, 26-10-5, or 26-5-10. Uh, six turnovers. And uh, you know what? Um, I'm sick of the whole hypocrisy here. And what I mean by that is like every time LeBron James does something, he gets a pass. He's uh, the dominant player. He's the best ball player in the world, which is arguably so. But when someone does something like Kevin Durant and he's passing up the ball and he's cold or whatever, then, you know, he just gets heavily criticized. Or Russell Westbrook or James Harden. It's just like it's the same exact concept of what exactly what they're doing. But when LeBron James... Passes a ball for a game-winning shot, it's considered a smart play. But when Kevin Durant does it, uh, it's a terrible move. He's not a superstar, or whatever you want to call it. Not saying a superstar, but you know, you catch my drift. Kevin Durant did that game four. <clears throat> excuse me. Kevin Durant did that game four against uh, Houston Ro- Houston Rockets two days ago. He passed up the ball, and you know, and he gets criticized for not taking the final shot. But when LeBron James does it. And pass it to someone like uh, Kyrie Irving of last year or Kyle Korver is considered a smart play. Why is that? I've never got that concept. I've never got that gist of it. So that's just me. That's me observing. As simple as that. I'm not a hater. I love. You know, I'm a fan of both guys, but it's observing. You know what I mean? Um, I I just hate hypocrisy. I hate when fans or uh, sports analysis or writers make these contradicting arguments when you know they analyze. One perspective of it in playing in the favor of their favorite player, but when it goes against someone that they don't like or dislike, then you know they go and say the 
total opposite of what exactly they did compared to the other player. LeBron James passes the ball, smart play. Kevin Durant does it, you know, he's, he, why, why didn't he take the final shot, you know what I mean? So with that being said, <coughs> excuse me, uh, last night's game, LeBron balled out per usual, six turnovers, that's kind of a killer. Um, only other player on his team in double digits was Kevin Love, solid outing for him, 14 points, a couple boards, you know, but uh, uh, I do I do have to be fair though. Um, Kevin Love has to step up a lot more, play play a bigger role than he usually is. But the problem the problem here's the thing I see it. Kevin Love was dominant in Minnesota before he came to Cleveland. What happened? It's like what happened to this whole scenario of LeBron James making his players better, but yet when you get a superstar like Kevin Love from Minnesota to Cleveland. He's not himself anymore. We got to start, you know, stop objectifying to the fact that LeBron James puts up all these stats, these triple doubles, these buzzer beaters. Yes, he's doing the exact same thing that people criticize Russell Westbrook for. The stat padding, so on and so forth, blah, 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 blah. LeBron James does that, and he doesn't make his players better. Kevin Love was averaging about 25 when he was in Minnesota, Right? Gets to Cleveland, and he's only getting 14, maybe 20 a night. Why is that? That's, I mean, that should not be happening. You know, he, Kevin Love is a future Hall of Famer, but he's not, getting the, he's not getting the Kevin Love that we know about. Kevin Love is a Hall of Famer. He's a superstar. He was dominant in Minnesota, and all of a sudden, he's nothing. Why? You know, we need to start, you know, giving, we need to stop... Giving LeBron James such all these passes. Stop giving all these asterisks. Oh, he never has anybody to play with. This and that. He's never had another superstar in his team like Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, or Larry Bird. But we're just going to ignore the fact that he wanted to keep J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson. Give them max contracts. Look at their contracts. They have no cap space left. Where's their cap space at? You know what I mean? There's, there's no cap space. For Cleveland to pick up anyone in the offseason. There's no help in Cleveland. They can't get anyone in the offseason. So now Dan Gilbert and LeBron James never see eye to eye. So they're not seeing eye to eye. You know what that means in the offseason? LeBron's gone. LeBron put Cleveland franchise in a hole. And he wanted to keep J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson. So he didn't cause any friction. So that's exactly what they did. And you booted out the arguably, you know, the best shooting guard in the league, and Kyrie Irving, definitely the best ball handles for sure, no doubt. You boot him out, and he goes to Boston. See you later. And now you have just him and Kevin Love, in which Kevin Love is not the Kevin Love that we know from Minnesota, who is averaging about, you know, basically double double in Minnesota. But we're just gonna go and criticize that particular player and Kevin Love and said he needs to step up more, or maybe. Just maybe, just a thought, just an idea that LeBron James isn't getting involved as much as we used uh, used to know Kevin Love for. He was dominant in Minnesota, but now he's just, you know, just a good player when he's actually a great player. Why isn't that working out? Why do you think Kyrie Irving left? He knew what kind of LeBron, he knew, he knows LeBron James. <laughs> he's very dramatic. A lot of people like to call him Queen James. I'm not gonna be that disrespectful, but a lot of people give him that narrative. But anyhow, Kyrie Irving knows how LeBron is. 
And he just came to the point where he's like, I can't play with him. You know, and it's somewhat kind of the false narrative that's given Russell Westbrook, which I wouldn't say false. <laughs> Excuse me. I wouldn't give Russell Westbrook, say, the false narrative. I love Russell Westbrook, but I wouldn't say I want to – Paul George and Camarlo – Camarlo Anthony was – he was missing this year in the playoffs. He's poochies. He's jank. Let him go. No one's going to sign a 16-year veteran who, you know, just hasn't been relevant in the past 10 years. He has been relevant when it comes to stats, but when he comes to relevant with him and another team or organization, come on now. Excuse me. Ooh. I just ate. Ugh. Um, Paul George, I don't know that situation. He claims he likes Oklahoma City. Maybe they can get, I don't know, some charisma, some positive mor- morale there in Oklahoma City. They say he's going to the Lakers. I say good riddance. You know, if I was a Thunder fan, Paul George, he just... When it came to the playoffs, no one wanted the ball. Paul George or Camelo. They're both just missing it. They were MIA in the playoffs. Russell Westbrook had to carry the team. Why do you think his shooting percentage was so low? Because they weren't taking the shots. He was trying to set people up for shots and whatnot, getting these triple doubles or double doubles, and no one was making a play. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so... So, basically, with that narrative, you know, Russell Westbrook gets criticized for that. He can't play with other, you know, key players, superstar players. But LeBron James gets the pass. Why is that? Kevin Love's a superstar. Kyrie Irving's a superstar. Why did Kyrie Irving leave? There's a reason for that. A lot of people said the same thing when Kevin Durant left Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City. Why do you think he left? You know, he just, the chemistry wasn't there between him and Russell Westbrook, and that's why he left. <coughs> Excuse me. So that's why Kyrie Irving, when Kyrie Irving left, he got criticized. Oh, why don't we want to play LeBron James? You know, you got like a 90% chance of making the NBA playoff or uh, NBA finals. There's a reason for that, folks. Kyrie Irving leaving LeBron James is the epitome of Kevin Durant leaving Russell Westbrook. Morale's not there, the chemistry's not solid like we think it is. Kyrie Irving. Top five shooting guard in the league can't play with LeBron James. Simple. Just like Kevin Durant can't play with Russell Westbrook. <clears throat> oh, Mitchell, you're being so hard on LeBron James. You're, you know, riding Russell Westbrook, but, you know, not giving LeBron enough credit as it is. No, it's not that. I'm observe- observing. I'm not criticizing. I am observing what everyone else is saying. Colin Coward, Shannon Sharp, all these guys, all these big wigs. Stephen A. Smith, Kellerman, Skip Bayless, you name it. I'm not going to be ignorant to the fact every superstar player, every Hall of Famer has that other, has that Robin. There's a Batman, there's a Robin. LeBron James, first thing in Cleveland. There's LeBron, there's Antoine Jameson. How can you name Antoine Jameson? Okay, let's take a look at the stats, right? Antoine. His career, averaged 18. In Cleveland, he averaged 18. Let's take Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. Jordan, you know, obviously the GOAT. Scottie Pippen averaged 15 or 16. So a lot of people like to make the stats comparison. There's your stats. Arguably, statistically speaking, Antoine Jameson is better than Scottie Pippen. Antoine Jameson is a future Hall of Famer. But they couldn't get the job done when it came to facing Boston. 
or Orlando or San Antonio. The list goes on. <coughs> Kobe Bryant, Shaq. That's, that's that's up to debate, you know. Uh, Shaq, <laughs> just a freak of nature, one of the most dominant centers in, in the game ever. And, uh, you know, their chemistry and morale worked for a little bit for the first three-peat in L.A. Then him and uh, Kobe and Shaq just, you know, eventually they went their separate ways. Shaq went to Miami, won a t- title with uh, prime Dwayne Wade. Uh, Kobe struggled for a couple years, went to the finals, lost to Boston, went back the year after that. They beat Orlando, and then I believe they went and beat Boston again. So he got five, Shaq got four. Dwayne Wade, a top five shooting guard of all time. <coughs> Shaq gets old. He goes to Phoenix and soon kind of like, you know, uh, just kind of fades out a little bit. Somewhat dominant, but not the dominant of Orlando and L.A. Shaq that we know him from. Went to Boston. Not bad. Average double-double. No, excuse me. He actually went to Cleveland. Then he went to Boston. He still averaged a double-double in his, like, 16th season. He was still, you know, putting up 12 points, 10 boards. He went to Cleveland. LeBron, Antoine, Shaq. You know, that's a solid squad. Shaq was out of his prime then. I'll give... I'll give him the leeway of that, but still, I mean, that's a solid roster to work with. LeBron faces Boston, had that trouble getting over the Boston hump. Uh, by that time, Boston, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, they're kind of on their way out of the career. That's why they, you know, quote-unquote formed the big three, which was more like the old three. They're in their early 30s, but come around 2010, Garnett, all those guys, mid-30s, 35, 36, 37. LeBron leaves Cleveland, goes to Miami, takes his talent to South Beach, forms top five greatest teams of all time in the Miami Heat. Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron James. And soon, a couple years down the road, that team is stacked. Shane Battier, Ray Allen, they add to addition to that, Chris Anderson, Mario Chalmers. Not great players, but role players, key players nonetheless. Ray Allen, top three shooting guard of all time, arguably the greatest, probably Steph Curry, I'm sure we'll pass him up, but still, Ray Allen, top five uh, three-point shooting guard of all time, probably top ten shooting guard of all time, he was that dude in Seattle back in the day, Seattle Supersonics, you remember that team, <coughs> but uh, <laughs> Shovel's worth, a lot of people known him for, but anyhow, not to get too off track, LeBron goes to Miami. Miami dominates when two, they win two of the four NBA Finals, which they really should have won four for four. They go on their first trip to the NBA Finals, and they lose to the out-of-prime Dallas Mavericks. Dirk Nowinski, somewhat still in his prime, early 30s, mid-30s. Jason Kidd, way past his prime. Jason Terry, way past his prime. And... That's where LeBron gets heavily criticized for, for his quote-unquote finals meltdown. And um, only puts up about 17, 17, 18, which is still impressive, not only. But shooting percentage, 45%. Jason Terry is even outplaying him, putting up 18, 20 a game, shooting over 50%. But uh, hey, I'm going to take a quick break and... 
We're going to get back to this whole LeBron James discussion in a minute. Thanks for y'all listening. Be back shortly. This is Andrew Reserve with your host, Mitchell Anderson, me, myself, and I. So as I was saying uh, earlier in my segment today, uh, my first segment, I was giving y'all basically the whole uh, what's happened between the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals uh, in the NBA playoffs, and then I gave y'all, you know, just my objective and observation of the LeBron James timeline compared to Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, you know, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, so on and so forth. And so, basically, this is how I see it. You know, I'm just going to reiterate and probably sound like a broken record player, but oh well. In order to get my point across, sometimes you have to say it more than once for some people that just don't seem to comprehend it. Like I said, when Kevin Durant left the Oklahoma City Thunder, right, and went to Golden State, okay, he got heavily criticized, right, for doing what he did, right? But key word, free agency. Let me reiter- reiterate that because I don't think some of y'all heard me. Free agency. That man has the right and will to go wherever the hell he pleases to. So you may not agree with it, but that's his God-given right. I didn't agree with it, but at the end of the day, if he wants to go to Golden State, he's a free man. He can do whatever the hell he pleases to. And it's been working out just fine. So with that being said, I mean, hey, he's got he's got a ring in the bag for one. They're going to win it again this year. I really don't see that Houston, I just, they'll lose the next two games. That's just my, my prediction. Um, when Kyrie Irving left LeBron James, because later on, People criticize Russell Westbrook because they say Kevin Durant can't play with them because of Russell Westbrook's playing style. When Kyrie Irving left LeBron James, people criticized Kyrie Irving for leaving, saying, why wouldn't you want to play with LeBron James? Little did they know that it's the exact same concept and narrative that's going on with LeBron James. Superstar players like Kevin Love and Kyrie just can't make it work with LeBron James. LeBron's a superstar. One of the all-time greats, he just can't play with other superstars. That's the thing. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving's a top-five shooting guard in the league. Why do you think that chemistry didn't work out so well? When LeBron James came back to Cleveland, you know, they made it work, but Kyrie at the end of the day was like, nah, I'm good. I can't do this anymore. You're just too dramatic. You, you thrive off drama. This ain't me. I want to put in the work, you know. I made that three. I saved. I made your career, your legacy, a little bit better in hitting that game, game-winning three against Golden State, Game Seven in the 2016 NBA Finals. I did that. Your block was infamous, but I saved your legacy. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving is the heart and soul of that team. Whether LeBron James fans don't want to admit it or not, it is the, it is the truth. He was the man that got there and was slowly turning that franchise around before LeBron got there. They were going to make the playoffs even if LeBron didn't come there. He was that go-to. He was that guy for Cleveland, Kyrie Irving. Then LeBron came back, said, I'm coming home, left the Miami Heat, winning two out of four NBA Finals. 
losing on an average of 15 points per game in the last finals appearance before going to Cleveland when he was in Miami to the San Antonio Spurs. And, uh, yeah, it's just bad. So, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, Kevin Durant, um, do you. Uh, when it comes to legacy, that will never he'll never get looked at as a top five player. Uh, probably top ten because he's still young and he's, man, He's going to break more records. He'll break a few LeBron James records. It's just, it's it's going to happen. Um, he'll probably pass LeBron James when it comes to points and playoffs. That's just my prediction. Not so much rebounds or assists, but he'll pass them in points. Um, so, with LeBron James, man, as far as we're concerned, to be perfectly honest with you, He'll probably, he, I got him in my top 10, top 5, maybe. The only reason I say maybe is before y'all get your panties in a bunch, here's the reason, bang. Okay, that man has stats on top of stats, and man, it is impressive. It is insane how, how this man has been performing. But, we completely disregard the fact that he's played in the top five teams of all time in NBA history in the Miami Heat. I mean, come on. The 2013 Miami Heat? Come on now. Come on, man. We're just going to forget that LeBron James played with Hall of Famers like Zeke Gauskas, Antoine Jameson, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, uh, Ray Allen, Shaquille O'Neal, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, that's eight future Hall of Famers. Come on, man, really? Come on now. And before y'all say, oh, Zeke or Antoine, you can't be serious. How can I not? Man, Zeke, they retired his number in Cleveland. That's how big, man, he's a future Hall of Famer. He may not put up as many points, but he got the boards for y'all. All right, that man was a double-double machine when he was in Cleveland, before LeBron James got there. But with that being said, come on now, man. I'm a realist. Yeah, he made it to eight finals. He's three and five. But you got to realize the circumstances. You got to look at the teams he's, he's been with. I just named, I just named you, man. L- like I said, Zeke, Antoine, Ray Allen, D-Wade, Bosh, Kyrie, Kevin Love. I mean, come on, man. Seven Hall of Famers. Six, seven, at least six. Six Hall of Famers in his career. Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Dennis Rodman. That is it. Two Hall of Famers on his team. That is it. And Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Paul Gasol. Two Hall of Famers. Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish. Two Hall of Famers. Isaiah Thomas, Dennis Rodman. Uh, possibly Joe Dumars. Possibly. I'm not sure if he is or not. I'll have to look that up. I don't know. But man, come on. It's like, all oh, LeBron never lost in the first round. Okay. He lost five finals. It's like he got there, yeah. Losing is losing. Michael's lost in the first round, of course, yes. He wasn't facing bum teams, though. 
the late 80s and 90s, man. It was it was the wild, wild west. NBA soft now. It's boring to me. It's watching soccer. It's watching the NHL. It is boring. It's watching Daytona. There is no defense anymore. There is no roughed up scruffles. Every time I see like a possible fight that's getting, uh, you know, initiated, I, I laugh. Because you know nothing is going to happen. Nothing is going to happen. And we're going to game six for Boston Celtics and LeBron James. He got tired game five. I told y'all. He played all 82 games this season. He's been averaging about 38 minutes or more a game. He's going to get tired. 15 seasons in. 33 years old. I don't care who you are. What you do. Even Superman gets tired against, you know, when he faces Doomsday or Batman. He gets tired, and that's okay. LeBron James, for the first time in his career this season, played all 82 games. Michael did nine. I don't want to hear it. When it comes to playoff time, playoff time, you have to be full steam ahead. I'm not to be criticized for fuck's sake. I, I can hardly run two miles and get gassed. I'm, I just start back up running. I'm not gonna be, you know, that fan that criticizes that that criticizes, you know, oh man, he needs to be more uh, competitively endurance. I'm not gonna criticize him for that. I'm not saying the man's not in shape. What I am saying is that it comes to heart and determination when it comes to the playoff runs. Game five, he got tired. You can't. He should. This this is the last thing he should be doing at the end of his career is playing all 82 games as basically he's doing a stat padding like Russell Westbrook, like everyone likes to say. But, or I should say Colin Coward likes to say that. I'll call how I see it, or Shannon Sharp. Because these guys favor LeBron James. Well, when it comes to Kevin Durant or Russell Westbrook, and do they do the exact same thing LeBron James does, they get criticized. They get... They get crucified, you know, but LeBron gets put on the pedestal. So with that being said, game six, I think Cleveland wins. Going back to the Garden, I do not think Boston will do the impossible. They will win this series with nobody. Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier. I mean, come on, man. Jason Tatum. I mean, I get it, like, these guys have stepped up, but we don't know what kind of players these guys are going to be in the future. And this is without Kyrie Irving or Gordon Hayward. That's the crazy thing about this series. Imagine if it was Kyrie and Gordon. The series would have been done in five then. They would have they would have killed Cleveland. But who knows, man. All I know is there's going to be a lot of pressure on Kyrie and Gordon Hayward next season. And I think they're going to ball out. Boston's going to be a one seed next season. And they have a, their franchise is looking solid for the next 10 years. Let's put it that way. As for Cleveland, LeBron, he ain't staying. Y'all give max contracts to J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson. Oh, way overpaid. J.R. Smith last night, two points. About 25, 28 minutes, two points. Four, four or five personal fouls. That is awesome. That is off the charts. My God. <coughs> Excuse me. J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson can ball out when they can. 
But LeBron has to, you know, he has to get inside their head. He's got to get them motivated. That's exactly like what Kobe Bryant did with Rick Fox and Derek Fisher and, uh, God, who uh, Robert Ory. Same thing with Michael, Tony Kukoc, John Paxson, Steve Kerr, you know, Bill Cartwright, Horace Grant. He knew the capable he knew the, the, the capabilities of his role players and got the exact best of them. Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars, uh, Bill Lambeer, Rick Mahorn, Dennis Rodman. That's what leaders do. Man, that's just that's how it is. It's just and then when people like to make this classic argument, which is this is the I call it the new argument, the 2018 argument for LeBron James, is that Michael's never faced teams like this. First of all, it has nothing to do with Michael Jordan. Why are we still making this conversation? Why are we still talking about it? That's the crazy thing. This is what we need to realize. Stop making the comparison for LeBron James compared to Michael Jordan. Stop it. He's top 10 at the end of the day of all time. Top 5 maybe. That's just because of his stats. I always said he's the paint manning of the NBA. He's got all these stats and records. But when it comes to just, you know, Super Bowl or NBA Finals, it doesn't look so great. 3 and 5. Peyton, what was he? 2 and 2, 2 and 1? I can't remember. He was 2 and 2. He went 1 and 1 in India, 1 and 1 in Denver. But the point is this. You can put up as many stats as you want. LeBron can put up 60, 10, and 10. And, you know, that's fine. But to a certain point, it's like he could put up 70 or 80 in the NBA Finals and they'll, they'll still lose. But people are like, yeah, he put up those stats though. So, when do stats become more important than Finals records or winning? Never. Never. Yeah, Michael has never faced the Golden State. Okay. That's that's perfectly fine. Okay? But where where's the same exact concept? Where's this argument when 2000, what was it? 2011 Mavs against the Miami Heat. Dirk Nowitzki took down LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, all these guys in in their prime. But oh no, you know, Dirk was in it, you know. He had help, Jason Kidd, Karan Butler, little, little, little. It's like, really? These guys were all past their prime. Why do you think everyone was rooting for the Dallas Mavericks that year? Because everyone was past their prime and never got a ring. Jason Kidd, Jason Terry, Karan Butler. Uh, the only, Christ, the only guy on that squad that was in his prime was J.J. Barrera. And even that, then the Miami Heat struggled with him. So with that being said, we need to stop with these arguments. So... Originally, Dirk Nowitzki is the first guy, the Kingslayer, the dude that took down the big three before LeBron James, quote-unquote, took down the big three in Boston, which took him a couple years, and they were way past the prime where they're like 36, and KG was like 37. So with that being said, we need to start with this Mickey Mouse ball, this bull jive, okay? LeBron James, okay? Yes. He's never faced, you know, Michael's never faced the Golden State Warriors. It's a different NBA now. I don't have to tell you. If we're going to take, okay, let's take this year's Warriors, right? And we face them against 95, 94 Bulls, whatever. The 72 and 10 Bulls. We take the Golden State and put them in that 90s era, same set of rules. You're going to look me in the eye and tell me Golden State beats them? Very doubtful. I'll bet money on that every single night. 
No doubt, no question about it. Never going to doubt Michael Jordan because he is the GOAT. People just hate accepting that fact. People always like throw up stats and this and that for LeBron James compared to Michael Jordan. Jordan, oh, he's got this and that. But they always forget that sole argument for LeBron James fans. Who he played with. LeBron James has had a hell of a career, but he's had a hell of a supporting cast and a lot more help compared to Michael Jordan. That's just facts, folks. Michael's played with two Hall of Famers. LeBron's played with like seven. So I'd stop with that narrative. But hey, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick little break and I will uh, basically uh, review Deadpool 2 with y'all. And welcome back to Andrew Reserved. So this will be the last segment of the day. So like I said, it, uh, when I first started this podcast, uh, or the first segment, I should say, excuse me, uh, Deadpool 2, definitely uh, recommend to go see it. Uh, 8.5 out of 10. I loved everything about that movie. Just as good, if not better than the first. That's up for debate. That's very arguable. You know, it's up there with the be- you know one of the best sequels of all time, along with you know like Terminator and Terminator Two and The Godfather Part One and Part Two. You know, it's up there. It's close. It's it's really close. Uh, a lot more gore and blood compared to the first one. Uh, the jokes just as funny, just as good. The fourth wall breaking. Man, Ryan Reynolds just you know typical Ryan Reynolds. He was born for that role. I swear. Uh, Josh Brolin, great job. Uh, bat, uh, he did a badass uh, performance in uh, playing Cable. The dude was awesome. He got huge for that role. Uh, the the kid, uh, the the young man that's uh, one of the main protagonists in that movie. He did a great job. I don't know his name, but he did a great job as well. Uh, Domino, uh, God, I can't remember the young the young lady's name, but she's you know. She's from Atlanta, that TV show on FX, which I definitely recommend, and I'm kind of behind in considering the fact that uh, season two came out, and I still got to watch season two, but she's in that. She did a great job of playing Domino. I hope that, that she does recurse for that role. Same thing with Josh Brolin. Definitely going to be a Deadpool 3. Uh, just kind of curious on how they're going to surround that that premise and whatnot. Then... Um, you know, of course, you got the the same character, recurring characters from the first one with uh, Colossus and uh, <laughs> Megasonic Teenage, longest name ever. I can never remember her name, but she did a great job as well. But y'all get the hint, of the hist of it. But anyhow, the hint of it, whatever. Um, but anyhow, uh, man, definitely go see that movie. I like I said, I never go see movies more than once when they're in theaters. Uh, this is the second time I've ever done this. In which case, um, when I went and go see a movie that's in a movie theaters, not once, but twice. So I went and saw Deadpool 2 twice. And um, the, the first time was uh, The Dark Knight, the, the second one of uh, The Dark Knight Trilogy. And I really, really enjoyed that. Um, you know, obviously with the infamous Heath Led- the late Heath Ledger for his role as the Joker. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I rarely go see... I was thinking of seeing Infinity War, but, you know, 
actually I was I got lucky because uh I got the Amazon Fire Stick you know and uh one of my buddies knows how to do that thing you know and uh get access to movies and uh there was a copy of Avengers Infinity War and uh it was filmed in theaters you can't like you know it's a uh, not a bad not not bad quality and the sound's pretty solid so watch that like three times so not not a bad quality definitely if you haven't seen Avengers Infinity War uh, by now, man, go see it. You're so late, but go watch it now. Not not wait till next week. Go watch it today. Because uh, God bless you if you haven't seen or heard any spoilers when it comes to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Go see Avengers Affinity War. You know, so avoid those spoilers. Avoid the social media if you can. But man, Avengers Affinity War, definitely a 9 out of 10. Love that movie. Amazing. Um... Only thing I didn't like is that they kind of did a Batman vs Superman concept in one of the key scenes, and it's just like, um, you know, Batman vs Superman got heavily criticized just for that scene alone. But when Avengers: Infinity War did it, it's like amazing and dramatic and heartbreaking. So it's just like, eh. I want to tell y'all what the scene scene was, but I I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. But uh. Let's put put it this way. It involves Peter Quill, aka Star Lord, and then Thanos and Iron Man. Put it that way. So, but uh, yeah, man, Deadpool two, amazing. Uh, other news: there's a trailer out for the new Dragon Ball Z Super Heroes. I want to say it's called like Super or Dragon Ball Z Heroes, and which that's coming out in this July actually for this summer. Curious what that's gonna uh, revolve around, considering the fact that I saw the trailer. I don't know if it's a legit tra- trailer, but it looked like just like done by Kiri Toriyama. Um, revolves around the characters from the Dragon Ball Z Xenoverse video games, in which the main antagonist is in that. Uh, so in in those both of the video games, one and two. I'm just curious and uh, exactly. Um, if that's really uh, done by Dragon Ball Z or not. So I don't know. It looked pretty legit though. And so that's coming out July 1st for Dragon Ball Heroes. That's going to be sweet. So it's going to hold us over. And then the movie, I'm assuming we're probably going to get a Dragon Ball Z movie teaser. Or where well, we got a teaser, but like an actual trailer for the movie that comes out and that drops in December. And then they make their comeback in Super. They're not calling it Super. They're calling it something else. But it's going to fall right after Super. So, <coughs> excuse me. So, I'm really uh, curious on how Hero's going to do. What exactly that will revolve around. Maybe that follows after Super. I could be wrong. Uh, this was kind of like dropped out of nowhere in plain sight. This blindsided a whole bunch of people, to be honest with you. So, yeah, really curious on how that's going to be, but glad uh, Kiryu Toriyama and all those guys are still continuing their work. Uh, y'all know me, I'm a nerd, DC, Marvel, anime. Um, excuse me. Oh. Uh, but, man, uh, definitely, um, like I said, uh, uh, hate to sound like a broken record, but Deadpool 2, go freaking see it, along with Avengers Affinity War. You will not be disappointed, and... Trying to think of anything else that's dropping out hot for the summer, but can't think of anything. Um, but yeah, that's uh, 
that's that pretty much sums it up for today on my podcast on Ninja Reserved. I'm glad for any of y'all that's you know listening in. But uh, if you got any questions, concerns, comments, or you just want to give me your opinion, please feel free. I'm open to any suggestions or discussion or have any guests. I really appreciate it. Uh, this is Ninja Reserved Podcast with your host, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. Until then, y'all have a great Memorial Day weekend, and just remember Memorial Day weekend. Uh, on a side note, is for remembering the uh, for our fallen brothers and sisters that have died overseas. Because a lot of people get that twisted between Memorial Day and Veterans Day. Veterans Day is honoring people that have served or are currently serving. Memorial Day is to honor the fallen, the people that have died for this country in America. So, with that being said, I just feel the need to put that out there. So enjoy y'all enjoy your Memorial Day weekend and I'll catch y'all sometime next week.